it's Cofield and Company. It's past Ward. Look at it go. Inside the 20. Into the 10. Oh, he takes it the distance. Wow. What a jolt. Just when the Bengals need it. There it is to the end zone. And he comes down with it. Outrageous. What a catch. Chase 101. Forget about it. Second and 12. Samuel. Wide receiver screen. And in for the touchdown. They're down and one. Stafford, end zone cut, got it, touchdown Rams. It's time for Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Empty, Boise Arena. They're all afraid now, all four guys who are in here. We're getting ready for an 8 o'clock start. Boise State hosting your running Rebels. Adam Hill along in just a little bit. So we've been going down to Radio Row covering Super Bowl 56. Right now, though, we get a chance to jump on the phone with a guy who is now a brand ambassador for Caesars. He's a, a Vegas guy of sorts, right? A UNLV quarterback back uh, in the day, around Randall Cunningham, Kenny Maine is on the horn. And i got to start out, Kenny, with the uh, big hit of the week on social media, and that was the list of five celebrities that you've met or been within like a couple of feet of. And then in the list of five, there's one fake. But on your list, you had Beyonce, huh? It's funny when you think of that. And I don't usually participate in those type of things because you kind of look like a jerk, actually. Like, hey, let me <laughs> brag about all the famous people I know. I did that with Jimmy Kimmel. I'm name-dropping now. He's a friend. Sure. And uh, Las Vegas guy also, by the way. Yeah, And course. I forget what it, how it started. I think I sent him a picture of somebody, you know, famous, and then he answered back. And I'm like, wait a minute. He has a distinct advantage. He has a nightly talk yes. show. Yes. yes, Like, not even fair. My, I earned my famous people. I went out on the street, and I found these people, and it all happened for me. So... The Beyonce story is kind of amazing, actually. I don't know if that's the part you read, but I was in San Francisco for the Super Bowl and in Oakland, actually, and the Warriors were playing, and they wanted me to find famous people. Essentially, that was my job that night to get, you know, just the typical Super Bowl picks and have a funny conversation. So I walked up to Jay Z and Beyonce courtside and unimpeded, just cruised on up, thought they'd have more security. And they were very nice. Couldn't have been. I'd never met them. I didn't know if they knew who I was. I told them who I was. And they, they politely declined. So about 20 minutes later, I was I went to the restroom, I think, and, I, and I'm coming back in the back, you know, like in the guts of the gym, you know. Sure. And there were these kids that were going to perform at halftime. And their leader said, hey, would you take a picture with these kids? They're Oakland. You know, they got a singing group or whatever. And I said, sure. So I kneeled down to take a picture. Who comes around the corner but Beyonce? And she sees me, and she jumps in on the shot. And I thought that was a really sweet moment of, you know, very courteous and, and sweet thing. that she, Because she didn't have to do that, for one. She wasn't asked to be in it. She just saw the kids doing it. Or I could look at it, she tried to big-time me. I mean, either sure, way. Sure, sure. But Beyonce 
came through like a champ. She was in the picture. Met Kendrick Lamar soon after. Sorry, Kendrick, you didn't make the list. I know I had to make a cut somewhere. Stevie Wonder, that's real. Muhammad Ali, two times. Uh, who else? Oh, the Queen of England is true. I was about eight feet away. I kind of stretched it. Wow. So I, I never met Kate Winslet. Yeah, Kate Winslet. That's a disappointment. I didn't get to meet her. That's a good fake one. Um, the Ali thing, I saw you mention that you had ushered two of his fights, and this is one of the cool things about being a Vegas resident or a Vegas athlete. Tell me about that. Tell the Vegas audience about the Ali fights that you ushered at. It was all legal. There's no NCAA infractions. <laughs> we were not paid. They put that out there. We were volunteers. Yeah. The UNLV football players back in the day, I don't know if they still do it, but we'd get to, to go to these big fights and, and act as an usher. And, you know, they told you what to do and you had a responsibility, your area is this area. And you'd lead people to their seat and you had a white towel that they gave you and you wiped off their seat and hopefully they maybe tipped you. That never happened because that might have been <laughs> illegal. But um, I got to do Ollie Holmes. And in the middle of it, with about, I don't know, 90 minutes before the big fight, I get picked by some guy to leave my position and go up to Ollie's trailer. Oh, wow. They told me, you're going to be part of the entourage taking all these people. You know, he had 45 people with him, right? <laughs> and I was told to, to make sure this girl, Nabila Khashoggi, from Saudi Arabia, that she was safely brought to the ring. And it was a big moment. And, it, and I ended up kneeling by Jack Nicholson to watch that fight. Wow. And for those who remember... Larry Holmes, you know, beat him decisively, and yeah. it was kind of sad to watch because I was such an Ollie fan, and, you know, it, he wasn't at his prime, I mean, to that point. I, I, Holmes took it easy on him as well as he could. He kept looking at the official or the ref like, hey, let's call this thing quits. But amazing experience. And, I, and Ollie, I didn't meet him that night. I met him at a different night in Las Vegas at Caesars. He was there for some tennis event, Alan King Tennis Tournament, I believe it was. Sure. And he just happened by. He turned a corner, and there's Muhammad Ali. And then I met him in Los Angeles outside of the uh, the Eclipse Awards. I was the host of the Eclipse Awards in Los Angeles, and he happened to be at the same hotel. Yeah, it's funny when people talk about the greatest, and you know, maybe younger people don't understand why Muhammad Ali was the greatest. I swear, anytime I was near him at a fight anywhere, that dude would walk in, and like the entire room. All the attention would go to Muhammad Ali. Like, there was just like a hush when he walked in. There was such a freaking presence. No, it's funny you say that. So that that's born from what he did and who he was and, and all, the, all the, you know, attributes. But there also was just this aura about him. I liken it to being around Stevie Wonder. Same thing. Yeah. You're uh, just, you're mystified. Like, how am I even in this guy's presence? I, I'd say of all of them, Stevie Wonder, you know, somebody's music I grew up with from, you know, age 10 or whatever, like he'd be the top one of anyone I'd ever met. That's awesome. Uh, Kenny Main, UNLV guy, uh, working as a brand ambassador with Caesars and, and William Hill is with us. One last thing on what you were mentioning about, I know you were joking about violations. You realize the NCAA never really got TARC. I don't think they're going to get UNLV on something that happened, what, you know, some 35, 38 years ago. I think they're safe. Yeah, more like 42 years ago, sadly enough. Um, trying, trying to make you younger. Speaking of speaking of betting, I got to make up a prop bet for the Super Bowl, by the way. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. I was going to throw you some prop bets, so throw me a prop bet. So I didn't play very much, and I wasn't very good. I could throw, but, you know, I didn't play that much at UNLV, but it was fun being there. Uh, Larry Gentry, tree shout-out. He was the starter my junior year, and Sam King, my senior year. Um, same year, Randall Cunningham came in his yeah. freshman year, and Sam led the nation in passing yards. 
um, I think it was my junior year, I threw a swing pass like off a fake draw to Michael Morton of the famous Morton football family. Um, Johnny Morton, Chad Morton, Michael Morton. And he ran at 59 yards for a touchdown. So the bet is, will there be someone to exceed that, a 60-yard or longer touchdown pass? The other one, will there be a fumble lost, an interception, and a missed field goal? Will all those things happen in the game? Oh wow! I think that's an interesting. One. I love that one. I love that. I yeah, I, I bet the yes depending see all on the those price. happening, right? That, yeah. there's going to be a pick. How can there not be a pick, right? Is they're going to the ball. They're going to be seventy-five passes in the game. Something's going to get intercepted. Not to put you on the spot, is a yes like minus nine hundred on your on your three-way prop, or because like, I might not bet it then. No, the the uh, the one I just described was four twenty-five. Ooh, okay. I like it. Uh, let me give you a couple of props. Um, at any point during the game, will Joe Burrow be shown smoking a cigar? Shown smoking? Is the game still going? It has to be in-game. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can it be on videotape or still picture? Exactly. Yeah, the the uh, the no on this is actually minus 700. Yeah, I mean, I assume on video or still picture, yeah, if they show it, that's a win. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think he will smoke a cigar on the sidelines, but maybe he will. I don't know. Maybe he will, but I don't think he will. Um, would they reference it? I don't know. Some of these are getting into a weird territory of, yep. you know, you know what I'm saying? Subject, um, subjectivity, sure, sure. Most of the others, like the one I described, those are either athletic achievements or athletic failures, but things that happen in games, right? They, yes. Some of the, the weirder ones, like I think on the coin toss, especially on grass fields, they should have a third option. Does the coin just stick in the ground <laughs> sideways and not even have a head or a tail? I mean, give me, give me like a 30 to 1 on that. I'll take my chances. It might be longer, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I think everybody likes action. Everybody has fantasy football leagues. Yep. People have square pools at home. Friendly bets. People, you know, my friend bet a pencil on the Super Bowl where the Jets beat the Colts when we were in third grade or whatever. Um, <laughs> it, it's fun. It makes it, you know, makes it more interesting. It's, oh, yeah. It's fun to have a piece of something. And, you know, this being the biggest American sporting event of the year, right? There's the commercials. There's, you know, the halftime show is going to be amazing. Like, there's all these other additives. It's kind of fun to throw your two cents in. Hopefully people do it responsibly. And, you know, take a guess or two of what might happen. Kenny Main is with us. Uh, he's working with Caesars and William Hill. And, of course, we work with William Hill on Thursdays at uh, Silver Sevens at Flamingo and Paradise. You know, I wanted to ask you, and you're in the gambling space now. When you when you played at UNLV, were you aware of sports gambling? I was aware, but it's funny. I don't think I did it very often. I did horse racing. That's the thing oh, really? that I grew up with. And they used to have these, you know, this is going back. You know, now people go to a sports book and you got the wall of televisions, right? You have, you know, 75 monitors, all these different things happening at once. Back in the day, there weren't very many racetracks that had the satellite feed. So you would go to these, these bookie places and sit on these long tables sectioned off and look up at the front of the room. They had the names of the horses that they'd pull out. Here comes Gulfstream, race five, and there'd be 12 names of horses and the jockey. And you'd hear a voice recreate the race from across town, you know, like the Sting, if you've watched the movie The Sting, right? Yep, yep. And it was just such a different era. I mean, it was long, you know, 40 years ago. There was a little casino called Little Caesars. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know from Real Caesars. And next to that was the Churchill Down Sportsbook. So Ray Krause, my friend and running back, we'd run up after class before football meetings, <laughs> get in, you know, 16 minutes of Golden Gate action or whatever. Sure. And then go to practice. So, but uh, it's funny, the first month I was in Vegas walking on and I got a scholarship, 
I, you know, we went out every single night. You know, it was too exciting. You're 19 years old and you can't believe what you're seeing. Oh, yeah. And then you just kind of hit the wall. And plus, I was pretty serious about both my school and football, and there just wasn't time. You know, I, when you had friends coming to town, you might go out. But day to day, it's just, you could see the strip from a distance. But, you know, you had things going on on campus. I used to go to High Life. That used to be at the old MGM, which is now the Valley's property on, is that Flamingo, I think? Um, and they had a highlight fronton. That's for those who don't know. That's like think of racquetball with giant wicker baskets in their hands. Sure, yes. Kind of. um, but yeah, we had a great time. And well, you know, we had no money, right? I, was, uh, I think our scholarship stipend was something like four hundred eighty dollars, if I remember right. And it's funny you could get by a month on four eighty back then, right? Your rent was two hundred, and you, you lived on the rest. And we go to highlight the last two or three games. There was no admission charge. So talk about cheap entertainment. Go up there with 10 or 20 bucks. Oh, yeah. Throw the pelota in the cesta. Kenny Mead is with us. Let's let's wrap on this. And by the way, everyone, uh, at William Hill and Caesars, there's uh, like 900-plus combinations of props and in-play and all that. So a lot of stuff to bet. Hey, I, I wanted you to give a pop to your foundation because it goes back to UNLV when you hurt your ankle. Mention everyone, uh, run freely. I'm glad you did that because whatever your question was, that's what was going to be my answer. I was going to find a way. <laughs> um, so in 1980, uh, we were at Oregon, and I was in there at the end of the game. Literally the last play of the game, somebody stuck their helmet on my ankle. I had a fractured dislocation. I played the next year at 81, and then, you know, now I'm many years older, and every year it got worse. Like, basically self-fused ankle, you know, after all these surgeries and everything. And long story longer, I found a great therapist that kind of brought my leg back to life. I found a device that worked for a while, but then I found a much better device. Once I put it on, this was about three and a half years ago, I, you know, couldn't believe my good fortune. I think I cried for about two hours to open, and Gretchen, my wife, and I said, let's do something good with this. Let's Let's start a foundation where we can give these uh, devices, award them is a better word, to veterans who need them. And it's been, it's just been an amazing thing. It's been fun to do. I'm constantly pushing it. I mention it every time I'm on any kind of broadcast. It's called Run Freely, R-U-N-F-R-E-E-L-Y.org.org. And, you know, it tells you what the story is and how to donate if you want to. And um, we just put another veteran in one last week. And now we're trying to raise money to get the next one in. And it's, it's fun. Right now I'm going to another veterans event. And last night I played in the flag football game with my device. Oh, wow. And suffered not, right? I, like no pain in my ankle. The rest of me is sore. But I'm glad you gave me the chance to mention it. Hopefully people look into it. And there's a whole bunch of good vets organizations. I'm working with BJ Gannon, Sierra, Delta. They're, they're getting dogs with veterans, you know, like that need the assistance. And, you know, Jen Welter's doing what she's doing. There all sorts of people are, are doing good things to help the vets and uh, it's good because they don't always get it, you know, from the government. So people need to stand up for them. Make sure you watch the uh, Kenny Main Super Bowl preview show with uh, Caesars and Kenny. Appreciate a couple minutes. That was a great oh, spot. Allison, Thank- Allison Becker. Yeah, I know. There. She's my friend and a very funny actress. She's my co-host. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be dynamite. So, hey, Kenny, we appreciate it. We know you got a, a stacked schedule of interviews. So, thank All you right. so much. Thanks for having me. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. I was on a podcast and he said he was going to do it. And I said, I'll join you. Easy. hundred percent. I'm wearing swim trunks, but I'll, you put it in a swimming pool. I'll dive in there and I'll eat my way out. Now back to Cofield and company on ESPN Las Vegas. Wait, that was an Auburn guy talking about Cincinnati chili. Wow. What a conversion. All right. 
kind of crazy, right, Adam Hill? C.J. Uzoma? That was Botch's name. Talking about diving into a swimming pool and eating Cincinnati chili. Yeah, that's a questionable decision. I, I will say uh, I couldn't tell if it was T. Higgins or Jamar Chase coming out of a, a little bit of a scrum today, but they basically said Skyline Chili is just trash. Wow. That hurts. That hurts. Yeah. Especially on top of uh, who was it yesterday? I mean, I thought Solomon Wilcox, the former Bengal, like went over the top to smash it. I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, I, I thought he was going to vomit just talking about it. <laughs> All right, so we've been throwing to uh, Adam at different times throughout the day down at Radio Row. We grabbed a bunch of people down there. Uh, the Super Bowls that I've covered, uh, this would be about the time, although most of those were East Coast time or Central, right? I mean, we were at a couple. I mean, New York on a Friday night at, you know, what time is it now? Uh, it would be like 8.22 Eastern time. It's a ghost town. Has everything slowed down in L.A. in the uh, convention center? Yeah, I'm looking around. I think I see five tables still full. Not oh, nice. Um, yeah, it, it is It is emptying out quickly. Well, that's also, and I don't know, I've never actually been to the media party before, but I know it started oh, a little God. bit. Uh, 7 o'clock media party starts, so I think everybody's out getting ready. Where is it if any fans want to uh, phone someone down in L.A. to go crash the party? Well, I believe it's closed to the public, and it's also not like at a bar. It's at Universal Studios. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's not a bad location, though. I, I remember, I think... This is why the Jacksonville Super Bowl really struggled because I think they did the media party at the freaking TPC course. Ooh. And it was like, all right, I guess. I mean, I know the place is famous, but, like, you know, just hold a party in some kind of ballroom and serve drinks. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the way to go. Now, I also got – you Univer- know, Actually, the more I think about it, when's the last time you were at Universal? Never. Never? No. It's pretty cool. I might actually go just to see it. Yeah, you should. It's cool. Oh, you're I'm saying tonight to the to, you're saying tonight for the media get together. Yeah, I might I might go. I mean, there's uh, there's shuttles all the way till like nine. I'll so do I, it. You know, yeah, I might. You got to go. do that. Might check it out. But here's the other problem: when you're so popular and cool down here, Steve, people are inviting you to everything. Okay, it's where tough. are you invited? Where are you invited to tonight? So I got invited to the Grog party. Oh, that's right. I uh, I heard earlier in the day uh, you were talking to you were schmoozing with some PR person um, who potentially can offer you a job. So I thought that was. That was pretty cool. So sure. good luck with that one. And then uh, he sent. You, he, you need another job. He sent his his uh, his assistant over. His people like, hey, he really liked you. Uh, he wants to invite you to his party tonight. I'm like, okay. And he's like, it's hosted by Gronk. I'm like, all right, maybe. Oh, that was. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That that was interesting. Yeah, that was an interesting conversation. Well, I think you're in. I think you're in. I think so. Good luck. It's been a good run with you. Yeah, I'm out. I'm I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go hang out with Gronk's Gronk's assistant now. I'm, I'm sure you're going to get close to Gronk. I think that's going to happen. All right. It sounds like a good deal to me. Yeah, why not? I mean, hey, listen, when in L.A., you got to mingle with the stars. Uh, you went to Bengals practice today or Bengals yeah. availability today. How was it? It was really weird. And I'll, I'll say this again. I sometimes go behind the scenes. I don't know how it, you know, how it sounds, but I, I'll say this. Like, it was on campus at UCLA. And it's in the middle of campus. So obviously, UCLA plays at the Rose Bowl, but they're practicing on the, you know, on the track essentially at UCLA. And there's, I think, like 300 media people trying to get into this thing. Ooh. But but these students are trying to get to class, and they keep shutting off all these walkways for for the players to walk through, the media to walk through. They have security set up, you know, scanning all the bags and everything. And kids are just like, "I'm going to class. What are we doing?" 
So at, at some point, security had to come over and be like, all right, we need to clear a path for the kids that are just trying to go to class. And then some of them would just stop and obviously gawk at, you know, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase walking around campus. Uh, it was a really, really weird dynamic. Uh, but the availability, I thought, were really well. You know, there was some, uh, you know, some good conversations that were had. I um, really was intrigued by – we talk about all these young stars on the Bengals. And it's, it's Burrow and Chase and Higgins. And these guys have turned around the culture – and have you know turned it into a winner very quickly, but guys like you know Tyler Boyd to some degree, but to, really the guy that sticks in my mind is like Joe Mixon, who was a star player just languishing in just complete ineptitude of a franchise for several years, and now all of a sudden gets this influx of talent, and you know he's having a lot of success, and and he had a decision to make whether to resign with them or not, and he did, and you know he was talking about you know I could have gotten out of here, it was it was a wasteland. And I, I I wanted to stick it out, and, and I had faith, and I had confidence, and I'm being rewarded for it now. And I thought that was a really cool aspect uh, of the conversations. And, um, you know, I, I thought he was very, uh, you know, very introspective about that and just saying, like, you know, I, I get this. I know what this is. And one of the things he really pushed back on, which I thought was very interesting, was he goes, I keep hearing people say, hey, Joe Burrow's young. He's going to be here a bunch. And he said, don't bet on it, man. He's like, this might be your only chance. This might be our only chance. Like, we, we gotta, we gotta take advantage of this. That's good because I swear I was just going to ask you, are they going to just be happy to be there? Thinking, yeah. uh, you know, like I, I have no idea what the Falcons were thinking. They obviously botched the game plan in the second half, trying to close out their Super Bowl against the Patriots. And as you see, Matt Ryan's probably never getting back again. So that's good. Uh, I get yep. maybe you know either Mixon's come to that realization or they've drilled it in their heads like, hey, this could be. One and done. Hell, I mean, look at Mick did know some of the greatest. Co- uh oh, what's going on? Uh, we have a guest coming over. Oh no! Don't don't uh, nerd out. All right, it's going to be impossible. Stay calm. It, all right, don't be don't be Pat, a freaking nerd. Pat McAfee's joining us. Steve Cofield back uh, oh, back God. on location. Here we go. Mo wide. I if you want it, yours. By the way. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> we're sharing our modello here with Pat McAfee. Uh, I'm sorry in advance. I'm going to fangirl very badly here. No, come on, dude. I love what you do. Um, Be a professional. I can't. I can't do it. Uh, there's a whistle in here. So. There's yeah. somebody's whistling. It's good. Yeah. You. I, I just want to give you credit because I talk about your how impressed I've been with you as a host in general, just embracing the medium and being unbelievable at what you do. But seeing here this week, like your interaction, you don't have to do this stuff. Oh man, man, don't worry about that. Yeah, I do. I, think I, I don't. To- I don't even mean the media. Like you're bringing fans in. You're ta- you're signing autographs. You're taking pictures. Like it's unbelievable oh, what you're still doing. I I, I just I want to know why that's so important to you. I I just think I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> what do you, I, I don't know what's supposed to happen. Like um, I'm very lucky that people watch our show. Like very very lucky that people watch our show. And through quarantine and through COVID, we got a chance to like you know spend our days with people and. Obviously, that's a time that we'll never, ever forget as a humans, like ever, I don't think. And um, all the people that tweeted us and all the people that watched along on YouTube and we watched the numbers actually grow and we got stats and analytics and California was actually our biggest state. So like getting a chance to see the people that have made this all possible for us, like it's just natural. I feel like that's just an awesome thing to happen. We thought this was going to be open to the fans every day. Yeah. So, like, the reason why we came on Monday and we're here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is because I thought this was going to be open every single day, and I was excited to see people. Uh, very, very lucky, though. I'm happy to hear you don't hate us because, <laughs> I mean, they put us in a position, I mean, to yell into everybody's show, and I feel, ter- like, 
FanDuel is our partner, obviously. We are that is our exclusive sports book, and they have a great setup here. Yeah. But man, I am a loud person, especially when I get going, and I felt like there was a chance everybody was going to hate us, but we were. We enjoyed the hell out of this week, and I appreciate you so much for your kind words. Well, I, I tweeted about the other day that usually I, I cover the Raiders. I, I'm a writer by by nature. Uh, usually my day involves watching practice, writing my stories while I watch your show. Oh, man. To, now I just got to do it here. Just sit here and watch you do do your thing. It was man, great. Man, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for that. So I, I guess do you do you get starstruck? I'm talking about you sitting here. I'm like, oh, my God, Pat McAfee sitting here. Do you get starstruck? But you guys had everybody up there this week. Yeah, it was crazy. So where we were at, it was a good location. So people were coming in and leaving. And I think a lot of the players and the people that were coming through, like, I think they knew who of us. Sure. Like, I think that is something. Well, that you had people just jumping up on stage. So that's what we're talking about. So I don't think a lot of the people were actually booked to come on our show because right. their PR people don't really know us, right? So I think, like, ESPN Las Vegas is much more desirable for most PR people than maybe what we had going on in years past, but we we're always friends with people. So the PR people have no idea who we are or what we are. So normally, I think what had happened was a lot of people who maybe had watched the show were hitting Foxy and Zito in the back, like, hey, get me on or whatever. So then the PR people were trying to negotiate to get them on for however many minutes. They have five minutes, they have seven minutes. So Zito was popping in my ear while we were live. I'd be in the middle of talking and be like, hey, do you want insert name of some random sure. person on the show? It's like, when right now it's like i guess like it was we were very lucky it was very cool and we had a lot of great conversations um i've been very fortunate to befriend a lot of people that are very uh popular very famous and i've always been the dancing clown you know like <laughs> but i've never really changed i've gotten a chance to like experience a lot of really cool things but my dad where i come from my mom i've always you know remained a rather like hey i am an idiot i'm not supposed to live these lives so I think once you see like somebody's who's super famous and you're talking to them and experiencing them and they poop the same as you do. It's hard for me, <laughs> you know, it's hard for me to be starstruck because I know everybody's just kind of a human, you know, and that's like I hope our show can provide that for people, but yeah, this year or this week was absurd, insane and we're very lucky to do it. Well, I'll, I'll I'll say it for you, giving what you did giving back when you I mean obviously you hit it big anyway, but when you hit it big big recently and your video giving incredible what you what you did with everybody that's around you and, and how you've taken care of everybody. I thought that was that was great and uh, and awesome. I know you don't need the pat on the back for it, but well, thank you, uh, I'll just say that part. That. You're supposed to do that type of stuff, though. Like I think that's what you're supposed to do. I guess so. I, but my question, I guess, I guess but so. I, I'm not, most people don't do it. I think that's the bottom line. Uh, but you're supposed to, right? Sure. I mean, it I mean, feels I think like so. it was the only goal. <laughs> would, maybe you would not. Yeah. Okay. My, maybe. Yeah. My, my, the question I do want to ask you, though, like, when did you know? Like, you, you, you bet on yourself. You went on on your own. You said, I'm going to do this. When did you know, like, oh, we got something? So when I was playing in the league, um, and I don't know if we got something or not. You, know? uh, you do. Uh, yeah, well, right now we do. <laughs> Who knows how long it'll be, and it makes no sense, any of it. But when I played in the league, like, you know, I had a podcast. When I was in the league, it did okay. I got a chance to be on Bob and Tom Weekly. Every time I was on there, it seemed like it did okay. Uh, I rented out like five, six theaters myself and sold all the tickets online while I was still playing in the league. So I had a stand-up comedy tour that sold out in like five, ten minutes. So there was a lot of things that happened sure. while I was in the league where I was like, okay, there is something off the field that can bring fulfillment maybe. And just once I kind of fell out of love with focusing completely on kicking a ball when the offense failed, it was nice that I had other things that brought fulfillment, brought paychecks both to my family and to my friends, and also like – and experience a good time. Like I, I just, 
I think we're. I, I think I knew that there was potential some opportunity, but I think I was chasing like having a good time with my friends a lot more than anything else. I think like a thousand people want to talk to you, so I don't. I want to take up too much too much of your time. Well, no, 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 hold on. Hold on. This get, is we, the last one. No, no, uh, no I was saying, no, no. Andrew no, Siciliano I, was sitting here, and I could not stop. I could not stop thinking about you guys ruining him. We did not ruin him. You you did. NFL Network ruined him. Yeah, but you guys pointed it out. We are trying to be game changers for the people. Like we're trying to help Siciliano. He's he's. He's even shorter than I thought he was. Well, why are you saying that? That's because rude. you because What's I was this like all about? because when he came on, I was like, "There's no way he's as short as you guys are making it." Look well, well, us, what are you talking about? It's not us. It's NFL Network. Why are you attacking us? We are just pointing. I'm not attacking you. That sounds like the, you are. I love the content. It's great content. I mean, they really took on a life of its own. And, and uh, AJ did an interview with him. I don't know if you saw. I, it. I, did. I did, and I saw you guys talking about the interview when he made a comment about it. It yeah. was a whole thing. And he left his mug on our table. And he, did, he didn't take it with him when His he left? Head? And I was like, I think the mug's bigger than he was. Oh, oh my God. That's, you, that's your influence. Freaking that's not what I said. That's what you said. Listen, that, don't bring my... This is coming home with me. <laughs> that's his mug. NFL Media. It's his mug. He left it here. Guy's got a picture. That's You're a such picture. a heightist. That's a picture I, for Cecilia. <laughs> See, that's not nice. What you said. You said it's a picture for him. It's a mug. Oh, a picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are a rude guy. But don't let the toxicity from Foxy and from AJ and from the toxic table infiltrate your mind. Okay? You're say, hey, awesome, hey, by the Adam, way. Adam, I got to jump They're in awesome. with one last question with Pat McAfee. You have awesome. to tell him the, about the Boomer Esiason comments because Pat said earlier, you know, everyone might hate him. You have to tell him what Boomer said a couple of weeks ago when Pat signed a big new deal. No, I know what he said. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Because we both flipped out and we're like, you, you cut it out with the jealousy, especially no, the New York no. media guys. Cut it out. No, I don't know if it was jealousy or whatever. I, it I, is. And by the way, once we started paying attention to his schedule, his schedule is pretty hilarious. I mean, saying four words at halftime of a game, though, is something <laughs> that is monotonous. But those morning show guys, you know, like, uh, I honestly believe that that is maybe, that is the biggest thing that I take offense to. Like if anybody questions my work ethic, like that is you might as well, yep, you might as well shoot me right in the like you might as well have started a war there, you know, like you might as well, and that was interesting, you know, because I had a lot of respect for uh, Boomer, still do. Obviously, been around the game a long time, and rising tides, you know, it's good for all ships. Like what I did, mm-hmm. I negotiated the deal myself, which also takes a lot of time aside from doing the show, which Boomer obviously does all of that himself. But there is a lot of things that I just thought you could have said about that, and I would have understood. But whenever he immediately questioned the work ethic, I was like, okay, so I hate this guy. I have to hate this guy, and I don't want to. I don't want to, but, like, Tim McAfee, my dad, uh, like, if he thought my work ethic was not something, like, he would have smacked me around still as an adult, you know. So that's one of the only things I think that I have going for me is my work ethic. And that was an interesting thing, but he's Boomer. Hey, he's Boomer. I mean, he's going to do what he's got to do. He's has been. He's got. He's got to do. He what was he's Boomer. Do. Boomer's he's Norman now. No. Yes. Wow. No. Yes. You're hey, fangirling. You're you fangirling. Mess, you mess so. with McAfee. You mess with all of us. I appreciate yes, that. Yes. I mean, you attack. <laughs> yes. I mean, you start attacking a sister. Oh, there's no reason for that. But Boomer, I don't. I don't think he meant to attack me. And I just mm-hmm. don't think he knew anything about me because he does work so hard. But I also <laughs> happen to, you know, work a little bit as well. You know, and it's a. Uh, it's one of those things. I heard that as well, yeah. And I don't know who was in my ear there, Voice of God, probably back in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, he's actually in, he's like in Boise. Yeah. He's, oh, he's with the UNLV basketball team in Boise, yeah. So. Oh, that's the whistles. Yeah, oh, yeah they're doing the whistle bad. test, yeah. and they're yeah. uh, checking the horn, yeah. and now they're checking the height of the rim. Hey, the whistles are working. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, so let good. them know that we are we're we're, we're part of the test you, there. Work? You yeah, can hear them. They are working. Good. I think I think but I appreciate fine. you guys having me on, man. Thanks, Matt. Uh, thank you for doing it. <laughs> Unbelievable. We appreciate it. And yeah. uh, nobody's questioning your work ethic this week. If they were here, you're you're doing some stuff. That means a lot. But honestly, this is like. Uh, I think anybody that starts saying like, "Oh, I'm working hard," you know, like I think of my dad. My dad was a uh, a truck driver, mover, like a long haul truck driver and a mover. Yeah. So you're talking about the two worst jobs, basically put into one job, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. that is yeah, that was it. what he did. And my mom was secretary, obviously. So I would never want to say that our jobs are hard, but I think there is a lot of time that has to be placed into it if you want to actually be something. And I think I'm very lucky that I had my parents' work ethic put in there. So when Boomer calls that into question, I think it is. <laughs> You know, like, okay, grounds for war. And it's like, I'm not going to bury the guy, but every time we talk about work ethic, we're obviously going to say, nobody works as hard as Boomer, obviously. But, <laughs> you know, that's just how it's going to be. That's going to be forever, by the way. In my brain, that is going to be forever. And I hope I get to meet him someday, and I'll tell him I appreciate all, all the hard work he's put out there. Norman. Norman. No, nah, he's Boomer, dude. Come on. You gotta learn. I like what you do, Thanks. though. It sounds like you just bury people. We try. We try. That's our thing. It's work for us. If you can't do it, make fun of other people. Yes. Attack people. Well, I, well, and then the whistle guy is just burying you over there. So, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. It comes full circle. I appreciate Thanks, you. Thanks, man. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Hey, and good on Vegas, dude. Good on Vegas, just in general. You need to do some shows there. We'll, 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 we'll see you there. I actually have a self-ban from Las Vegas. Oh, boy. Could be smart. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. I actually, um, phew, I had some nights over there, as everybody has, obviously. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, I put a self-ban on myself until I had $100 million. So I was there for SummerSlam. I kind of debunked the thing a little bit. But we're about three, four years away from me going back. So I'm okay. going to go back. We, we can't wait. I can't yeah, wait. And, by the way, it's going to be a much different experience, I think. Hopefully I'll be able to mix in some waters. You nice know, room. Is... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. See you Thanks, man. See you. <laughs> Have a great one. Pat McAfee. Are you stuff? okay? Are you no, sweating? I'm, not. I'm still panicking. Are you giggly? I'm still panicking a little bit. I knew I knew you would be. It's, it's all right. I well, think it went first, well. He was nice. It went well. Oh, first of all, you can tell why the guy's a good talk show host because he likes talking, right? So, oh, like, yeah. he, like, you were trying to get him out, and he kept going. So that's cool. The Boomer size people didn't hear it when Pat McAfee signed this mega deal backed by uh, FanDuel. Uh, Boomer Sison goes on his local New York show and is like, well, you know, I, I deserve that kind of money. Like, I've never heard of this guy. <laughs> well, you know why you've never heard of him? And, again, I don't want to be an ageist. There's a certain point with certain – Sports talk radio people, they just they don't go to social media. And that's where so much prep is and you know, keeping in the loop on what the hell is going on. You never heard of him. He's been doing an Aaron Rodgers interview every week, which makes news across the sports world. Now again, I know Boomer is New York centric, but he also covers the NFL in general. That that whole line about like I deserve it, who is he? That reeks so badly of just pathetic jealousy. Of course. It's that, that's so terrible. And I like what Pat said there. He's like, I will never forget it. No, he shouldn't. I and won't Pat, And Pat, by the way, Pat said it perfectly. Anyone on radio who complains about working hard, you are a complete blank blank. Because most of us, well, unless you're a nepotism hire, most of us, you know, our parents worked pretty hard. And if you said that to them, like if I told my father or mother, oh, yeah, it was really hard today doing radio, they'd be like, <laughs> what? You haven't worked a day in your life, you schmuck. So it's, yeah, it's crazy. I already like Pat McAfee. That was a good spot, and I just wanted to speak for about two minutes there, so you can stop hyper running. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a fan too. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, okay? A little All bit. Right. Get a paper bag. I like, that you, I like that you kept talking long enough so I couldn't get a picture. That was nice. Oh, I didn't know. You just get up. <laughs> no, just get up I think I think we got one during the interview, which is a better picture anyway. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, all of our conversations this week uh, down on Radio Row brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 
Five seven zero nine thousand. Adam, go get a picture. Uh, Battleborn understands the uh, insurance companies and the tactics they, uh, tactics they use to try and reduce the amount of money they pay to accident and injury victims. So they aggressively negotiate with the insurance companies, keep you out of court, and maximize your recovery. It's a free consultation. If you ever need them, Justin Watkins, you hear him on the show, Matt Hoffman as well. Battleborn Injury Lawyers, five seven zero nine thousand. Cofield and company will be back in minutes. There's nothing that you could have gone through that would really prepare you for all the feels that you're going to experience this week. The anxiety, the nervous energy, because there's so much going on at the Super Bowl site in the week leading up. The team that puts themselves in position to adjust to it quicker and have an opportunity to dictate the complexion of this game early. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Former New York Giant Chris Canty now doing a lead-in show on ESPN National to a Cofield and Company. Canty and Amber. I think that might be the permanent. I like it a lot. Uh, Adam Hill had a chance to, uh, he was yelling at me during the break because, uh, well, his picture opportunities, his photo ops may have been squandered because he had to stay on the air. Are you all good now? No, we got photos of uh, during the interview. It's important. What did you make of what Chris Canty was just saying there about nerves and the busyness of the week and it can affect you going into the game? That's not going to, there's no way that affects the Rams, right? I mean, I think it could. I think really? it could affect anybody. They've already and, been and here. It's it's sure, but it, I, I mean, not everybody has. It's new. Stafford hasn't. Um, it's also That's a good point. He, he couldn't be further from it, <laughs> right? In years past. I mean, listen. I think on the Rams side, it's McVay more than anybody, right? I mean, he choked last game, and and, I, and he was very public about that. I mean, it's not like we're judging and saying he choked. He said it. Um, so how do you bounce back? How do you how do you get back from that? And and you know, like I had mentioned this earlier, but Joe Burrow talked about it. He said you want to do what you do every week. So you just think it's a regular game. Like, this is how I act every week. And he says, my thing is Saturday night before the game, I watch whatever UFC fights are on. There's UFC almost every Saturday. Um, he said, oh, that's my thing. And I want to do it. And he said, the reason I want to do it is because that's what I do before a game. And I, I don't want to think it's any different than any other week. So I think all those things are important of just maintaining, hey, it's just a game. Um, and that's, uh, you know, uh, Evan McPherson, the kicker, talked about this that this week. And he was asked about, hey, you've been – you know, the, the word doesn't isn't real, obviously, but clutch. Uh, you've been so clutch as a kicker, like you always make these big kicks. What is it about it? And he said, well, I used to think a lot about it and say, hey, this means this or this means this. And then he said, I started to be better at it when I thought, hey, it's a field in a upright. And I've done this a million times. Just do it. Like, it's not it's not about the situation of the game. It's not about the win to win a game or to force overtime or any of those things. It's this thing I've done a million times. Just do it the same every way. And that's uh, that's what makes you successful, I think, in those situations. Where did you wind up going out last night? You said you were going to a Mexican joint. Yeah, we had uh, it was a really good dinner. It was a, it was like a an actual Mexican restaurant, you know, nice. not like a American Mexican. Um, a little not different. Like a Olvera. A little tough to read the menu. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. you went hardcore. That night. I like sure. that. Sure. Uh, and there was like, yeah, it, it was. Uh, you get some it was, tongue. No, it was it was really really good though. Food was really good, and then a uh, little. Little uh, jaunt into Hollywood for a little while where I found a payphone. I didn't know those still existed. A payphone. I didn't use it. Right. Was it do, working? Do you not? I don't. I wasn't going to touch it. But do, do you not think it's amazing to see a payphone in the wild in 2022? 
Um, I actually saw one like five months ago, but I thought I think it was all stripped out. And uh, believe it or not, T.O. in Thousand Oaks. Okay. Yeah. That's we were, we were kind of marveling at that one. That's interesting. It is. It's weird. Uh, yeah. I, I, it was. Uh, it, you know. It was. It was a little subdued. And actually, uh, I was talking to the bartender Ooh. about uh, just like what kind of crowd has been in, and he said, "I am stunned." He, he was just like, "I I can't believe." And he goes, "I know everybody's staying in downtown, and I know." Um, you know, all the uh, festivities over at SoFi, so it's different neighborhoods. But he's like, I figured with this many people in town, they would wander into Hollywood, and they have not. He said it has been dead over there. Oh, wow. So I was kind of surprised by that. Stick your hand in there, Dave. I wonder how Inglewood is reacting to having the Super Bowl there. We found a really good piece of uh, audio. It was about a six-minute uh, piece that was put together, I think, by Keenan Allen. It was Keenan Allen from the Chargers, and... Snoop, and I thought what Snoop was saying about, you know, L.A., but specifically Inglewood, uh, being really proud of having the game here. Inglewood, the city, what does it mean, you know, to have a Super Bowl here? Inglewood is a black city to begin with. Inglewood is a city that's community-based, that's on the incline, that's growing, and, and, and it's been known for great championships from the Lakers at the Forum back in the days. So for them to be able to have a Super Bowl at a brand-new stadium, that's the highest level of respect for this city, for the community, to give us a Super Bowl in such a prestige look with that stadium. That is one of the most beautiful stadiums built. So it's like L.A., Inglewood, California. We're thankful for that because there's going to be a lot of businesses that are going to prosper. It's going to be a lot of opportunities and a lot of ways for us to show how we are a city that can conduct a great Super Bowl weekend, have amazing parties. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, very cool. And, and I think part of uh, part of what he said, and maybe it was in the, the rest of that, I, I know he said it yesterday at the, at the news conference, was how cool it is for him to be able to perform in the stadium that not only means something to his town, but to his family, where a lot of family members got jobs from that, got work from the construction of that stadium. So uh, very important to him. And I, I think, uh, you know, just another aspect of, you know, why this uh, week is so important, uh, why the Super Bowl is so important in L.A. I mean, I, I know we talk about there's so many events in L.A. and L.A. doesn't need it necessarily, but uh, there are some personal connections to that stadium and, and everything that has come with it. First headlining artist to be shown during halftime, two or more simultaneously, is plus 175. Snoop, 225. Dr. Dre, after that, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar is the long shot at plus 550. So I thought about this way too much. Um, I mean, I'm obsessed with this halftime show. I cannot wait. It's I mean, it's it's McAfee-level obsession. Uh, I... I feel like my most – I was kind of trying to go through, like, the set list because obviously only 12 minutes, five huge artists. There's not going to be a whole lot of songs performed. Uh, and just, oh, really? You, know, you can play the over-under on songs during the halftime at over-under 10 and a half? I mean, that's what I was – they're going to be real short, like, you know, 15 okay. seconds of each song, right? Okay. So um, it's not going to be a whole lot. But my thought process was isn't – because they're going to do the hits. As much as I want them to do, like, their best songs, they're going to do the hits. Um I would think Eminem would go first, right? Because it's such a perfect setup to well, do. It, seem, it, it seems like, and talk about the perfect setup in a second, um, it seems like the books are onto that because Lose Yourself is a minus 200 favorite to be the, the first song played. So why does it make sense? Uh, I mean, Mom's Spaghetti. It, it, that's the song. It's not, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I think that, that's like a song of like you're nervous, you're getting you know pumped up and amped up. Like that was the whole premise of of the song, um, in the in the context of the movie and everything. Like that seems like a perfect 
first song to start this whole thing with, right? I mean, that that's just my, as I'm going through the catalogs and what songs are going to play, that would be it. And I would think, like, Family Affair would be one. Maybe they're all on stage together uh, with Mary J. Blige. I, I, I mean, I feel like maybe she's second. Uh, I don't know. I, it's it's tough to figure. It's tough to really figure that out. And I would think, even though Dre is not the best of the artists, I would feel he would probably, you know, close it, just because he like there's so much reverence to him and and everybody you know kind of, you know, allowing him to put it together and, and be the one that closes things out. I just feel like that's maybe the path they take. Uh, you wrote a really good story on the halftime show earlier in the week. Did you get a lot of really good supportive email? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's not good, but I, I'll, I'll say this. Like I, I did tweet out like, man, if you want, if you want racists to email you, uh, you know, write a, write a, write a story saying you think the Super Bowl halftime show is going to be good. Um, it, and then people were like, you know, I'm so sorry you went through this. Like, no, it's not me. I'm not going through anything. It just, it just shows what, what, what disgusting people, uh, are out there. It, yeah. it, it's just awful, um, that people have those attitudes still. 2022. Go through, you, go through if, this. You you uh, angered UFC and Dana White fans as sure. people were sending you from around the world pictures yeah. of your house. That's what I went through. By the way, should we give away who I believe the surprise guest is or no? Sure, do it. I'm going to guess 50. Okay. Uh, that was my guess already. Right. And then I talked to, uh, I, have a, I have a friend who is in uh, the gym business down here, and I was running by my theory of 50 Cent being the surprise guest, and he goes, oh, that makes sense. And I said, why? And he goes, two weeks ago, he started working out here every single day in our gym. And we were like, what is this about? Okay. You might be onto it. Maybe we'll get a snitch, too. Maybe we'll find out from our snitch the uh, the first song. Adam, great job. Great job, because I know you were slammed this week. Really good job down in L.A. from Q and Jared and Danny back at the home base. And Ari, really wonderful. I'm serious. Really, really good job. Come see us, 10 a.m., Football preview show, Super Bowl Sunday, Westgate.